guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So this week, I'm excited to get into uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 8 through 13. There's a lot of wonderful, just short little principles that can be taught all through these chapters, remembering some of the things that, you know, we talked about last week, how the Corinthian saints were struggling with how they treated one another, divisions and lack of unity and other things like that. So you're going to see that really addressed here by Paul as you go through these chapters. So as I start off this week with chapter 8, I want to share with you a story from this man right here. Some of you might remember him. This is Elder L. Tom Perry. One of our wonderful apostles passed away back in 2015. Elder Perry shared a story that I think is so relevant to what we're going to talk about this week. Elder Perry said, I spent my career in the department store business because I was part of a management team. It was important for me to interact socially with local business organizations. The meetings with most of these organizations always started with a cocktail hour, during which alcoholic drinks are traditionally served. It was a time to mix and get acquainted with the men who belong to the organization. I have always felt uncomfortable in these social hours. At first, I started asking for a lemon-lime soda. I soon discovered that lemon-lime soda looks a lot like many of the other drinks. I could not build the impression that I was a non-drinker with a clear soda in my hands. So with that in mind, you get into chapter 8. I'll finish the the rest of the story later. In chapter 8, you've got an interesting context going on here. And chapter 8 is kind of a confusing one, so context does help here. I call this one the problem with meat. Again, meat you're going to see is not the real problem, but many Jewish converts to Christianity still held to some of the specific rules and regulations found in the law of Moses, which were no longer applicable as a result of the gospel's superiority over the old law, especially when it comes to the eating of meat. Many Gentile converts had never lived this law and saw no need for many of these strange practices found among the Jewish Christians. So as a result, these differences led to argument and contention and sometimes divided the church and offended many. And and one of those was the issue of meat in early Christianity, which leads to, again, chapter 8 what you've got here is Paul dealing with some divisions and he's trying to address them. So you start in verse number four. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and there is no other God. Now you go down to verses seven through 13. Pay close attention here to what's going on. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak, or just kind of new to this, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. The issue here is not meat, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Now by the word weak, you click on the footnote, it says weak in faith, meaning they're just new at this. They're new at this whole experience. Verse 10, for if any man see thee which hath knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. That's a powerful statement. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. So now let's back out for a second and let me throw a couple questions at you, okay? So what did Paul say there in verse 13 that he would rather do than offend a brother? So he's like, look, rather than cause offense, 
experience, I'm just not going to do that particular thing, even though that thing itself really doesn't matter when it comes right down to it. But this person feels this way, and I don't want to be the guy who causes that trouble between that person. And again, it's a delicate situation. It's a complicated situation. But Paul's like, I am going to err on the side of Christ died for this guy, and I want to treat my brother like someone who Christ loves. How might it have appeared to a member of the church to see another member eating something that he felt was forbidden? Are there other situations? This could be something that you could talk about as a family or just in your own personal study in which our example could possibly negatively influence others, even though we may not be doing anything wrong. Now, in chapter 8, verse number 1, the very first verse right here, what should be our main motivation when we are doing something that could potentially cause another to be offended? I love this here. Now, as touching things offered unto idols or concerning these things, that's the context here, we know that we all have knowledge. Like, we know what's right and what's wrong. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Oh, that's a great statement. You're going to see how we're going to talk more about charity later on this week because that becomes a huge part of what Paul's doing right here. Now, some of you might remember, of course, last conference, April 2023, Russell M. Nelson, our wonderful prophet, talked about peacemakers needed. And so he's talking about individuals who we need to not necessarily look for that knowledge that I am always right. We got to remember we are trying to build peace here as well. Now, one of the things President Nelson said, which I thought was so cool, in situations that are highly charged and filled with contention, and this could be one of those. And again, we've got issues today that are very similar. I invite you to remember Jesus Christ, which is what Paul is suggesting here as well. Pray to have the courage and the wisdom to say or do what he would. As we follow the Prince of Peace, we will become his peacemakers. Which I think is what really Paul is trying to focus on here. He's like, look, if this is going to cause someone to be able to have some strife with me, then I'm going to back off, even though I am not necessarily doing anything wrong here. Back to Elder Perry's story, I decided I had to have a drink that would clearly mark me as a non-drinker. And again, Elder Perry was drinking a lemon-lime drink. He was doing nothing wrong, but he didn't want to create the illusion that might cause some problems. Imagine someone else there who sees him, who knows his background as a member of the church and sees him drinking a lemon lime soda and thinks it's something else. They're like, whoa, if he's doing it, then all of a sudden I might do that as well, not fully knowing what he is doing. I went to the bartender and requested a glass of milk. <laughs> I love that. The bartender had never had such a request. He went to the kitchen, found a glass of milk for me. Now I had a drink that looked very different from the alcoholic beverages the others were drinking. Milk became my drink of choice at the cocktail hours. It soon became common knowledge that I was a Mormon. The respect I received really surprised me, as did an interesting event that started to occur. Others soon joined me in a pure milk cocktail. So I love how Elder Perry's main motivation here is just, look, I want to err on the side of the goodness of Jesus Christ. And if it's going to cause someone offense, then I'm not going to do that thing. And so again, just something to remember, I think, as we interact with others in our world today, where it can be very, you know, emotionally charged with a lot of situations. This is one of those situations where I think you and the Holy Ghost with certain issues can certainly have some wonderful experiences as you use the principles taught here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I love them and I think it's a great little story. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.